You're listening to American Girl Women with Laura Treader and Lindsay Adams-Franca. This is a podcast where two millennial gals gather around the microphone and reminisce on the cultural phenomenon that took our childhood by storm, American Girl Dolls. Contrary to what you might think, we aren't just talking about dolls here. We're diving into the high highs and the low lows of getting hooked on American Girl and all the childhood memories that come flooding back. So join us and a few special guests each week as we become American Girl Women. Hey, Laura. Hey, Lindsay. Happy second birthday. Happy second anniversary, whatever we want to call it. Happy, happy two years to us. I cannot believe it's been two years. Can you? (laughs) Definitely not. When I saw that we had like over 100 episodes recently, I was completely shocked. But I am just really proud of us that we made it to the two-year mark. And yeah, time really does fly. Seriously. I mean, even more than just the two years we've been recording the podcast, if you think about it, this journey for us really started in like 2020. And that was almost four years ago, fully. That is absolutely wild. (laughs) I know. And it's like last week we played our very first episode and we were talking about the first few that we recorded, which I still haven't listened to. I don't know if I (laughs) want to. Ever (laughs) will. But it's just really amazing to see how far we've come and all of the amazing guests that we've had along the way, which we're going to get into later on in this episode. But I'm just so, so proud of us and just so grateful for the incredibly wonderful AG community that we've found ourselves in. Same here, Lindsay. I don't think that you or I could have ever imagined what the level of community was before we really got into it because I was not aware of the amount of people that we would be able to connect with online or even that one day we'd get to 50,000 followers on Instagram, like 50,000 people who want to connect and reminisce about American Girl is more than I had dreamed of. So it's just (laughs) so surreal to think about it. And I don't think I ever would have believed it if you had told me this at the beginning. Definitely not. And I think just having like zero expectations, whether they were like good or bad. Like, I don't think at least for myself, like I was not going into this thinking like this is going to be very successful, but I also didn't say like, this is going to flop. Like there's no way that no one is going to listen to it. Like, I feel like we just kind of pushed ahead and, you know, have been seeing where it goes. Yeah. We went in with an open mind for sure. Yeah. Like I definitely didn't expect this though. So it's really, it's really amazing. And we're just so incredibly grateful for the wonderful community and all of our listeners every week. We're just so, so incredibly thankful for everybody. So true. I, I love our listeners. I love our community and I love that people are engaging with each other on our page as well. The conversations that get started on our Instagram are just, oh, they just continuously bring me so much joy. A few weeks ago, I had posted about the redheaded Kirsten model in the dress like your doll section of the catalog being like, we need to interview Kirsten. Who was she? And like, there was so much conversation and the people found her. We have her name, I think. 
and hopefully we get her on the podcast soon, but it's just really heartwarming to see everyone like continue to come together over this iconic brand that really meant so much to us when we were kids, but now returning to us in adulthood. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we never could have imagined the conversations that we would have that actually like are quite serious too Mm -hmm. about the brand. And that's been like a really interesting outcome of this as well. Definitely. Definitely. There are so many like insights and conversations and considerations on such an emotional level that I definitely did not think about two years ago that we'd be like getting into things this deep. Same, same, but I'm glad we are. And obviously we like to keep it light and fun for the most part, but I've loved like the way that having these conversations has made me like revisit my own like childhood experiences and Mm -hmm. thinking about that time in my life more than I have before. And I think especially this year with like a lot of the discourse around Barbie, I think there was a lot more conversation about like inner child and like revisiting like things from when you were kids. So I like to think that, you know, we're not talking about Barbie, we're talking about American Girl, but I like to think that in some way, like that's all linked and that we are a part of that. Definitely. Well, Lindsay, before we get to reminiscing about our favorite parts of this year's podcast episode history. Is there anything AG related going on in your life that you'd like to discuss? Well, Laura, yesterday I won a very exciting eBay win, which I had stocked out for an entire week and set my alarms and bid my little heart out on 32 American Girl catalogs. (laughs) And I just feel like I won the lottery with this. I can't believe that somebody was getting rid of 32 American Girl catalogs all (laughs) together like that. I am so excited to get them in. I feel like though there isn't much variation, especially like in the early days with the catalogs, like those slight nuances between like even just how like the girl of today setups are like, I find those so fascinating and I can't wait to see what treasures we unfold within these catalogs, but they span from like the eighties through like the early two thousands. And oh my God, I got them for like such a good price too. Like, I feel like I got them 32 catalogs for the price of like one expensive one. Like I'm very, (laughs) very shocked. That's incredible. I agree with you that I love like looking at the little nuances in the catalogs, even just like on the middle pages that like had like the little like care accessories Mm -hmm. for them. There's so much variation. So I feel like, yeah, I feel like there's going to be a lot to look at there for sure. And what years do the catalogs range from? So it didn't quite say, but I recognized a cover from the 80s, one that I already have. Um, So I'll have a couple duplicates in there that I'll pass over to you, Laura. Um, It looked like the 80s, a lot of 90s, and then some early 2000s as well. 
Wow. I that have a range. That is so awesome. That is like I know. the best case scenario. <laughs> I'm really excited. I can't wait to see the issue where it is Samantha and Nellie on the cover in their carriage that we had just gone over right before the holidays doing a Samantha Nellie dive. And that was such a fun issue. We saw it from um, the Shagnon Family Museum of Toys and Collectibles on their website. So I'm happy to have it in person. Oh, that's such a good one for sure. <laughs> right? <laughs> and yeah, I'll be posting them on the Instagram. But actually, today I saw something else that really jogged my memory with mm. something from the past in a magazine that I have not thought about in so many years. And I was so excited about because there was this little feature. And I don't know what years they did this with the American Girl magazine. I haven't come across it in any of the ones that like I have at home, which is surprising. But I do have it in this issue. And I'm going to hold it up for Laura, but I'm going to post it on our Instagram. They used to have a couple pages in the back of the magazine that were mini mag, the mini mag section, where you were able to cut out a little tiny issue of the American Girl magazine issue that you have, like presumably for your American Girl doll or however you wanted to use it. And it would have like, I don't know it looks like 20 key pages here and it was just like another little fun craft section and it it was just so cute it's that so cute is... and they're like tiny it's like an inch and a half two inches per page and it tells you how to like assemble it all together like you put like section like little tab a with the other tab a but I totally forgot this existed that is such a cute concept and it makes sense because I think that some of the earlier American Girl of today dolls mm -hmm. came with the American Girl magazine so I love that they were allowing you to like continue to like have them have a collection of magazines as well. Right? Isn't that so fun? That is so fun. I'm obsessed with that. <laughs> I remember loving this when I first got the magazine when I was however old, eight or nine. Um, but I'm really curious to go back into like the like later 1994 issues, earlier ones from the earlier, I don't know, 1993 or so, 1995, to see like when exactly like the period of the mini mag was because I just don't think I've really come across it in like the issues that I've had, but maybe I wasn't looking that hard. I don't know. I, I don't think I have either, but I have some older issues here. Perhaps I'll have to look as well. But yeah, I would love to see that. Super cute. And now, Laura, has any fun AG-related things popped up in your life? Okay, so it's kind of loosely related to AG, but I feel like it counts because we've talked about it so many times throughout the course of this podcast. But I have really been transformed by a purchase that I made while visiting my brother in Austin, Texas. We went to a thrift store and I found many things in this thrift store. So it was a great day for me. But among them was a perfect cotton nightgown. And it's not a white nightgown it's like a light pink um but it's so pretty it has like pearl like 
kind of button details on the front. It's short sleeve. It's not like cinched anywhere. It's like very loose fitting. And then it has a ribbon at the top that ties. And I'm pretty sure my brother and his girlfriend thought I was like crazy for getting this. But to me, I was like, this is the closest I've ever come to discovering like an American girl nightgown for an adult mm-hmm. in a store. It just feels, even though obviously it's like not exactly like any of the American Girl nightgowns, it feels so much like how I think it would be to have one of those nightgowns. And it like is giving me like the same vibes. And when I wear it, and I've worn it like way too many times since I've gotten it just a couple weeks ago. Um, <laughs> I When I wear it, I feel like I have entered like my ultimate feminine form and like Yes. Okay. Like, I think that people have, like, nightgowns get a bad rap, right? Like, people are like, oh, they're so, like, I don't know, like, unsexy or something. But, like, I think that there is something, like, very, like, I don't know, like, sweet and, like, pretty about, like, a nice, like, cotton nightgown. I totally agree. First of all, your nightgown is stunning. When you texted me that picture, (laughs) I was like, this is incredible. Like, that is a great find. Yes. When I texted you the picture of me wearing it with jeans underneath <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Oh, my God. But, like, instantly it gave American Girl vibes. Like, that was, like, yeah. very clear from the picture. It was, oh, my God. I'm so happy you found this. And to have something that, like, makes you feel that way, like, that's so rare, right? Like, right now, I'm wearing jeans and an olive green sweatshirt. I am feeling neutral vibe. There is nothing going on in my head about the outfit I'm wearing. To have something that sparks so much emotion and joy and can transform your mood, I think is so rare. And first of all, everything should be like that, right? Like we should all be wearing things that make us happy every single day. But that's just simply not the case for most of us and most of our wardrobe. But I love that you found that nightgown. I love it so much to the point where like, and I'm sure many of us can relate to the sentiment, but like, it makes me so happy. But now I'm like chasing the feeling of like, (laughs) wanting to get another one. Yeah. Even though I'm, like, still fully enjoying this one because I'm just, like, okay, like, what if I had, like, a long sleeve one? What if I had, like, a shorter one? Because this one is, like, it's not floor length, but it's, like, I would say, like, midi, like, shin length. Um, But, yeah, I'm, like, what is there other nightgowns out there that I should be, like, (laughs) looking at? But I think that this one is unique because it – because I found it in a store. It was in amazing condition and it was just like the perfect find. So I don't know, like if I were to just like buy a cotton nightgown online somewhere, I don't know that it would have the same impact, but I am curious, like I would like to make a conscious effort to look for more nightgowns yeah. when I'm thrifting because I usually you know, I don't like go, I wasn't going out of my way to look for a nightgown at this store either. And I typically don't, but like, it just, I happened upon it and it was perfect. So I would love to, to look for more, but I can't say enough. Like if you have been thinking of taking the plunge into a nightgown, (laughs) this is your sign to do it. Also, 
I will add that I do kind of have like some nightgown lore in my past because my mom, when I was growing up, is a huge fan of the nightgown brand Lawns of Salzburg. Um, I only know it from when we talked about it, like in the very early days of our podcast. I think we actually talked about it on the very first episode. (laughs) So (laughs) So people from last week will recall. (laughs) Okay. So my mom was a huge fan and we had, they have like one pattern that's like specifically like their signature pattern. And we had matching ones of those. And those were like more... I mean, also very American girl-like in a way. Mm-hmm. They they are flannel, so they're more for like winter. Um, whereas the one I have now is like very much like a summer, perfect for Los Angeles vibe. But like, I'd be curious to like maybe investigate like a flannel nightgown similar to the one I had as a kid that I'm hoping and praying my mother hasn't gotten rid of. So I feel like it's like on brand for me that I have returned to nightgowns. Definitely. Check out the Vermont Country Store. Yes, they have tons of good nightgowns there. I remember my first meaningful adult nightgown. Um, I similarly found it in a thrift store. My friends and I in college lived blocks away from a Salvation Army. And every time we would go there, we would find treasures. Like I have a fry belt that is braided leather that I still have and have worn thousands of times. Like I am <laughs> obsessed with it. I got one of my favorite records, Montevani Film Encores, if you're familiar. Um, (laughs) And the most luxurious nightgown, which, as you described, Laura, I felt so similarly. Like, putting that on, I just felt like like an absolute, like, queen in it. I... (laughs) could not like get over like the emotional attachment I had to this nightgown and nightgowns are usually the second section I search in anytime I'm thrifting I feel like there are such treasures to be had and I actually like I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast but like after I graduated college it was 2008 so with the recession the job market wasn't great and I was living at home with my parents in Connecticut before moving to New York and I had a lot of downtime I wasn't working I would spend my days drinking like 10 cups of coffee and waiting for like the Tyra show to come on and this was like the height of Gossip Girl and the city so like All of these like TV shows are really tied in with these memories because while I was watching them, I was refashioning thrifted nightgowns with rhinestones and lace and ribbon and whatever and kind of like sketching them out and playing fashion designer and like dyeing them. Like I really got into this zone every night. I was like up until like 2 a.m. just working on my nightgowns. Wow. It was like a really intense hobby. And I remember being on a job interview and like someone asking me like what my like hobbies were. And like that came up in a job interview. And I, I I have no idea if they thought I was like unique for that or like a bizarre like who knows. But I was so like focused on it. Well, didn't you also have vintage nightgowns as like a big part of your bachelorette party? Sure did. That was like one of my 
like three requests of my weekend and everyone delivered. And I brought an entire like collection with me too that my friends could choose from because I have a whole stash. Like I've been collecting them from like Etsy, like 1960s nightgowns, like the matching robes, the peignoirs. Is that how you pronounce it? What is that? It's like kind of like the overcoat. (laughs) Oh yeah. Like what Samantha has basically. Yeah. But it's usually like like coordinating to like the nightgown itself. It's like a whole little set. So I've been like building my collection for years. And then Nini, who's a former podcast guest, brought me this beautiful white silk Dior vintage nightgown for me to wear, which was a total surprise. So that was a fun little treat. (laughs) That is such a sleigh. I always, I knew that this was like a big thing for you, but I think like, I didn't realize like just how many of these you had, (laughs) but I'm, I'm ready to like join. I'm ready to like be indoctrinated into this hobby of collecting them because like, I'll never be again. Like I love the one I have. It's been so amazing for me, but like, I want more. I want to see what else is out there. (laughs) The start of your collection. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, well, Lindsay, should we talk about some of our favorite episodes that we <laughs> recorded this year? Let's do it. Laura, before we started recording tonight, we kind of decided to like loosely talk about the past year and, and our favorite episodes. And we were like kind of going through the list casually and For both of us, we were, like, pretty much just, like, including everyone on the list. Like, we have had (laughs) so many wonderful guests this year. And, again, so incredibly thankful for this amazing, vibrant community and being able to connect with people on this level in various stages of their AG history. And we just wanted to kind of bring some of those to life in case you are a new listener or want to go back to listen to some favorites. So Laura, where should we start? Maybe we just start by talking about all the people kind of like in our like social media community that we had like the privilege of getting into contact this year, because I think a big point of differentiation for us between this year's podcast episodes and last year's is that like last year we were talking to mostly our friends. Mm -hmm. Um, And this year we talked to a ton of strangers that have become our friends because of Instagram or from them reaching out to us and saying they had a story to tell. So maybe we start there. So starting off this list strong is an AG gal who we absolutely adore, Stafford Merck, who you may know as American Girl Therapy on Instagram. We had such a great conversation with her, and I think she was one of our first conversations of the year in 2023, but also one of our first friends on Instagram. So it was so awesome to be able to connect with her and have a larger conversation. Yes, agreed. That was such a fun convo. And she was like a fan from the beginning and we're such a fan of hers as well. And yeah, obsessed with her. She was hilarious. So glad we got to meet her and chat with her for the pod. It was so wonderful. And you know, one of the first social media friends that we ended up interviewing. 
Totally. And we have to mention Blake Shagnon of the Shagnon Family Museum of Toys and Collectibles. It was so awesome finally connecting with Blake because, again, he's such like a big part of the AG community. And we're just so grateful to be able to have had a conversation with him on the pod. Yes, his story was so wonderful to hear and his passion is contagious and he just like cares so deeply about the brand and also preserving the legacy of the brand and he's just such a sweet wonderful person so we love that you know we get to continue to watch his Instagram grow and flourish with um, his work at the Shagnon Family Museum of Toys and Collectibles. So that was such a, a wonderful episode. And I feel like we have to obviously mention Patience Woodrell. Patience was so wonderful to connect with. And I feel like she was like an instant kindred spirit. Like I I feel like this about a lot of our guests, but especially Patience, I feel like she is like a true friend that we just have not met in person yet. And she gave us such great insight into, you know, why she is getting back into collecting again and her history with AG. Going back to what you said about Patience feeling like a kindred spirit, I feel like she, out of a lot of the people that we've met and talked to feels like she's on a very similar journey to us. So mm -hmm. I think that's why we connected with her. Like somebody who loved AG maybe isn't like an expert on every single AG thing, but is like enjoying reaching back into those memories and like rebuilding a collection and re-engaging with those things and sort of learning more as you revisit it that's kind of the trajectory I feel like we're on and also I feel like that she's on and so I feel like that's why we had such a strong connection with her and we have to have her back for sure we must and speaking of wonderful people Sydney Paulson of five hens and a cockatiel she is a photographer whose work has been featured in the American Girl catalog she had a podcast on the AG podcast network for a time and she has just been part of the American Girl social media community since the very beginning she is just so wonderful and talented and every Instagram photo that she takes I am just completely enamored by she is an amazing costumer she kicked off Dress Like an AG Day, which should be a national holiday at this point. And it's just incredible to see all that Sydney has done for the community over the years. She's so wonderful and honestly quite a celebrity in the AGIG community. Mm -hmm. So it was an honor to get to chat with her. And she really is such an example of somebody I feel like who has obviously like a lot of influence within this community and like uses it for good. Like she's just mm -hmm. such a nice, sweet, wonderful person. She's so inclusive and kind. And, you know, you can just tell with her that like she's just genuinely as sweet as she seems. Right. Another fun episode that we had with someone from the AG community is with Rebecca Mayton, who we went through the historical clothing meat dress rebrands. Oh my God, that was a mouthful. But looking at all of the historical gals and the new meat dresses that appeared in their collection in like the mid 2010s or so, I don't, 
I don't know if that timing is checking out, but it was so fun to look at all of the dolls' outfits with Rebecca. I know. And talk about, like, knowledgeable. She just, Mm -hmm. it was the dream. That was a dream scenario because we were going through those outfits in a way that we had wanted to for a long time. Like we had been talking about how we wanted to do a comparison because we felt with like our layperson's eye that the historical accuracy was just getting like diluted as they mm-hmm. like rebranded these outfits. And it was a dream to be able to speak with her because she kind of like validated a lot of that, which obviously you and I didn't have like the exact like terminology to (laughs) define why it was rubbing us the wrong way. But Mm -hmm. being able to like sit with her and ask her questions and like have her explain like why, you know, Felicity's meat dress is like nowhere near what somebody of her class and age would wear at the time right um was really satisfying to me personally (laughs) oh my god absolutely we learned so many interesting insights from rebecca that is an absolute treasure of an episode so if you have any interest in historical fashion and how it relates to american girl give that one a listen Somebody else that I really want to talk about because his story literally made me emotional and he was such a sweet human is Chris of the Doll Studio. He was so wonderful. This was a more recent episode that we recorded uh, toward the end of last year, but what a kind, wonderful human who's also hilarious and just really has had like such a journey with his love of American girl from childhood to adulthood and really owns like how much he loves it and is not afraid Mm -hmm. to, you know, let anybody tell him that he shouldn't. He was such a fun guest. I agree. That was definitely an emotional episode, but there was so much joy in it and humor along the way and just so much heart. I feel like that is an episode that I would absolutely like recommend to someone like just getting into the podcast mm-hmm. and really like showing it as like an example of like what American girl can mean to somebody. That was just such yes. a great example of that. Yes, it was um it was you put it perfectly. It was emotional in a good way. It had so much heart um and so much power I think in like mm-hmm. the the story. So absolutely recommend that one. Mm-hmm. And I'm so happy we got to connect with the gals from Helicity Merriman, um, the incredible Instagram account. So Carter and Barrett, who we had actually done a virtual event last February for Galentine's Day that Carter um, had also participated in. And we finally got to connect with them. And it was so fun to hear their history with AG. They were hilariously funny. I loved chatting with them. They are quite like surprising. I think when you know the account and then you meet the humans behind the account, (laughs) it's just, it's really fun in a good way. Like no disappointments whatsoever. They were hilarious. And I think that that account is one that I followed actually before we started Mm -hmm. or like maybe right as we were starting, but definitely before we 
had a lot of traction. Um, I remember it from like the very early days of revisiting American Girl. And I think a lot of people that we know follow that account, even if like they don't follow us, they follow that account because it's just everybody loves it. It's so funny. And they were a delight to speak to. Such a delight. And it's so good meeting like another duo in the AG community. (laughs) Yes, yes. No, so true. Absolutely. And I feel like this year has really brought us together with so many people that have been involved with the AG brand directly, which has been really exciting to connect with people in like all of the different facets of AG and like working like tangentially or like um, being like featured with AG. Like there are so many people that had like a direct touch to the brand. And it was so fun getting to chat with these people. Like we had Monica Wendell, who was a paper doll in the American Girl magazine. That was super fun. We got to interview Aaron Donahue this fall, who wrote this epic ghost story that was featured um, when she was like 10 or 11 years old. And it was featured in the American Girl magazine. And it was absolutely amazing to hear her experience with that. We were able to connect with Mary Catherine Tuckwiller, who went to Felicity's launch party and had a chance encounter with Pleasant Roland herself. So it was really with a photo. With photo a photo. <laughs> we got to speak with Amelia English, who was an actress who was part of the American Girls premiere computer game as the actress for Kirsten and hearing her experience was just like mind-blowing first of (laughs) all because I didn't realize it was a real person I thought those were all animated and I had the game I had no idea they fooled me (laughs) I think like of all the people we've talked to that had a connection to the brand two that stand out to me one is Bianca Greer who was a merchandiser Mm -hmm. at the AG store she was such a delight to talk to and funny and she loves fashion so that was like a great added bonus of discussing American Girl definitely need to have her back on yep um and then also loved talking to Aubrey Andrus, who yes. uh, worked for the American Girl magazine and has since also worked on several books. And um, she just had so many, I had so many burning questions for her that she was able to answer about mm-hmm. what it was like working at the magazine. And I would say it seems like it was a pretty pleasant experience. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Aubrey really had the dream career. It was so incredible to be able to ask her everything that like had been like circling our minds since, you know, we got the magazine growing up. It's just such a cool job. And to be able to share that with us was just so, so meaningful. And we also were able to chat with two very special people who were involved in the American Girl Theater. First, we spoke with Ashley May, um, who you might know on Instagram as American Girls Review, where she shares all about her time being an actress in the theater. 
and dream job. Oh my goodness. I can't even imagine. Like Ashley is just a wealth of knowledge about American girl and is like so open about sharing her experiences. It's really incredible. Seriously. I feel like that was also like one that I had a million questions about because it was like, oh my God, this is like something that, you know, we probably like dreamed of doing as a kid and here's somebody totally (laughs) oh my god absolutely and then we were also able to connect with marissa mccullough peck who did the costumes at the um, american girl theater in new york it was so interesting to hear about her experience working directly at american girl i never had the chance to go to a theater performance but i love the lore of it Same here. Same here. It was great to have like multiple perspectives about that one Mm -hmm. area of American Girl, especially because neither you nor I got to experience it. I also feel like we had some guests this year that like we kind of just like connected to sort of randomly, which was like, I don't know, just the power of American Girl. Like, and some of them were like, people we obviously would have like loved to have asked to come on, but like didn't even know that they had like American girl in their story, like Rachel Wilkerson Miller, editor in chief of self magazine. It was such an honor to speak with Rachel. I consider that a highlight of our entire podcast. It really just shows the power of American girl being able to connect people together I feel like that was just such an incredible conversation that we were able to have to hear about her history with American Girl, what the brand meant to her. It was such an honor to speak with her. Such an honor. And she was really fun and funny as well. Um, And I also feel like, you know, one of the like kind of very niche, but very polarizing topics that we've covered on American Girl Women is the mini rooms Mm -hmm. and it was so amazing to get in contact with Sydney Gore who wrote an article for Architectural Digest that mentioned the American Girl mini rooms as like a big part of you know interior design like lore for like young women definitely personally so that's the type of stuff that it's like this is like this is who I would love to hear from I love like that not only are we getting to chat with people about their American Girl memories but like there's examples of it in the actual media now yeah same with Tyler McCall who is the former editor-in-chief of fashionista.com where I had seen she wrote an article about I think it was the Stony Clover launch when was that like pre-pandemic or maybe it was like early 20. 20, 2021, where I was mm. like, oh my God, Tyler is one of us. And she is someone that I had worked with for many years doing PR and contacting her, but definitely not about American Girl. So when I saw that she wrote that article, I was like, oh, she must come on. Um, <laughs> we, we must connect with her about this. And 
I think it's super interesting that we're able to have these conversations. I think another example of that is Ashley Hamilton from Celebrity Memoir Book Club, where that's just a podcast that we both love and blindly reaching out to Ashley and Claire to see if they had any like relation to AG growing up. And Ashley immediately wrote back and we had such a fun conversation with her. She grew up in Chicago, close to the American Girls store. And it was so awesome to be able to connect on that level. I feel the same way about how we were able to connect with Meredith Lynch and Mm -hmm. Meredith is also somebody similarly to Ashley that you and I both had seen her content, enjoyed her content on TikTok and getting to meet and interview her and talk about American Girl felt like that that felt like I was almost like a little starstruck at first because right. like I was like, oh my God, I've seen so much of her content and now we're we're talking to her. I never, you know, thought like in a million years that like we'd have her on. So that was so wonderful to get to be able to get to know her a little bit and meet her in person out here in LA for both of us. So totally, um, you know, just building bridges. I would say Harry Hill is another person that we sort of like put in the dream guest category and we got to oh have my him god on this year. right oh my goodness Laura we really need to revisit our dream guest list because I think we created that like prior to even launching our podcast and I bet we've been able to interview quite a few people on that list oh absolutely I mean two more of them being the dolls of our lives gals Yep. We've had Mary and Allison on twice, actually, in 2023. They were our first episode of the new year where we were able to fully connect about their AG journeys. And most recently, we had them on for the launch of their book, Dolls of Our Lives. Yes. And that book is so wonderful for anybody out there who hasn't read it yet, who's thinking of reading it or listening to the audiobook. It is so wonderful and it is different I think than what you might think it's gonna be it's very Mm -hmm. like personal heartfelt I love hearing people's personal stories obviously about American Girl and it was great to get to dive into that because Lindsay and I are both longtime Dolls of Our Lives listeners but as we know like usually those stories get shared towards the beginning and then like not again. So it was great to get an opportunity to dive more into their history. And they are just so funny and wonderful. And they both have like fun pop culture interests that intersect with ours. And something I really love about the fact that we've interviewed them now twice is that, you know, we both have American Girl podcasts. We're both millennials. Um, But I think like what we've been able to share in that and like differentiate is that like we there's room for like both of us in the space and we're doing different things and we can like support each other and build each other up like and you know not worry about like oh like you know there can't be two American Girl podcasts like of course there can and it's been so wonderful getting to continue to listen to them now that we've had a couple of interviews with them too because obviously when Lindsay and I were first starting to reminisce about American Girl together before we had the podcast Dolls of Our Lives was a north star for us just with like revisiting the books and like 
trying to like harken back to like those stories that we had read so many years ago. So total dream come true. Absolutely. Mary and Allison are total pioneers in the resurgence of AG and why so many of us are revisiting the brand and our memories so many years later. So we are eternally grateful to them for bringing American Girl back into our lives. And another guest that I think we've been really lucky to connect with was Stephanie Baldwin, who is a therapist who reached out to us and I think really like opened our minds a bit to the deeper impact of the meaning behind American Girl. And I think that was like a very important conversation that we had because it was conversations that we've like touched upon with all of our guests, but hadn't really like dove in too deep and especially not with a professional. Yes. That's a great one to listen to if you're interested in kind of examining emotionally what revisiting like childhood things can do for you. So absolutely recommend that one for like a little bit of like a different vibe from some of our Mm -hmm. other episodes. Um, 100%. Totally. Um, And we have to shout out Gabriella Vassi, who we've had on twice. Yes. Once for a rewatch of the Felicity movie. That was super fun. And I think as like one of our last episodes that we're going to talk about tonight, Laura, we have to talk about Abby Harold. Oh my God. Yes. So Abby was, again, somebody like, it's just crazy when you think about these things, like prior to you knowing the person but somebody that you and I had both seen on TikTok she has quite a few viral American Girl TikToks and so funny and we interviewed her towards the end of 2022 and I was very excited to chat with her and then through our conversation learned that she also was gonna move to LA I had just moved to LA and her and I have become She's literally maybe my closest friend in LA. Like, it's actually insane how close to her and I have become. And it's all because of American Girl. And she's just a delightful person. And I'm so grateful for this podcast for bringing us together. But her episode's great. And she is currently, I think, working on making some new American Girl TikTok content with her, uh, two Kirstens, Kiki and <laughs> Kirsten. Um, but yeah, that that's probably like sentimentally, maybe like one of my favorite ones. And Lindsay also got to meet her in person when she came to LA for a trip. So, you know, it's just great that like we've had the opportunity to actually meet up with some people. Absolutely. I love your friendship with Abby so much. It's really so special and really is just such a testament to the American Girl community and just how AG really brings us all together. I think you and I have both gotten to meet some great people. It's We've met Ashley May in person. Mm-hmm. I have also, you know, been introduced to some people through you that you knew that live near me and like Marianne, who was a guest last year, but still. And it's just great that the podcast has had that power. And my, my, one of my biggest hopes for 2024 is that we continue to get to maybe meet some of our guests and listeners in person. But I have another question for you, Lindsay, who's your dream guest for 2024? That is such a great question. 
I would love to have like a millennial icon like Lindsay Lohan or Amanda Bynes or Mary Kate and Ashley. I'm dreaming big for this year. What about you, Laura? I think my dream guests, I have two. They're totally different categories. So one, I know you and I have been talking a bit behind the scenes, but you know I love the Poog podcast with Jacqueline Mm -hmm. Novak and Kate Berlant. And they're both LA girlies. Um, But like I have listened to this podcast for a while and I confirmed that they both at least are familiar with American Girl. I'm like 99% sure had it because they've talked about it before with such knowledge that you can only get because you've had American Girl. So I would love to have them on because they're hilarious. They're millennial icons of comedy. And I also feel like I I love the idea of like having like two podcasts like partners on to talk to Mm -hmm. us in that way. Um, I think that would be a really would make for a really good conversation. Um, And they love to get like into emotion. So I think they'd be like great guests. And then obviously, like, I think like this one goes without saying, but you and I definitely would die to have Valerie Tripp on the podcast. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. And fingers crossed, we would also love to have Renee Gray, who illustrated the Kirsten books, join us as well. She shares so many incredible insights on Instagram about the early days of American Girl. And I feel like she's just a treasure trove of knowledge. And that would be a dream to have her on. I would say like throw in any like American Girl author in there. Like mm-hmm. uh, Connie Porter would be amazing. Um, Britt Bennett would be amazing. Totally. Um, I think that those like maybe are the next frontier for us is seeing if we can get some American Girl book authors on. You know, some of these authors have spoken on other American Girl podcasts that we've been able to hear interviews with them. So I know that they are incredible to talk to. Right. I feel like the world is our oyster, Laura, and I'm so excited to see what year three brings ahead for us. Me too, Lindsay. Me too. And we're so grateful for all the love and support and kindness that the American Girl community has shown us. And we have so many aspirations, I think, for 2024 that we hope to share with this group and it's just been a dream you said it perfectly laura we're just so immensely grateful for everybody and can't wait to see what's ahead and to celebrate our birthday we are going to end this episode with some listener voicemails of ag birthday stories Hi, everybody. My name is Maddie, and I am a 38-year-old woman living in Seattle. Um, I wanted to share my ninth birthday with you guys. It was an American Girl-themed birthday party. Specifically, it was Molly-themed, and I just called my mom to ask her if she remembered anything about it. So I invited several friends over. I said, bring your American Girl doll if you have one. I think friends who didn't have one got to borrow an extra one from somebody, Um And so we made a bunch of dishes from Molly's cookbook, and I got out my Molly's cookbook to um, look them up. We definitely made frozen fruit cups, and we made volcano potatoes and Vitality meatloaf. And then I think we just played a bunch of games, and 
hung out and probably stayed up all night. And yeah, that was my ninth birthday party in 1995. Hi, my name is Samantha. And I had an American Girl birthday when I was 14, surprisingly. We live in a town about four hours away from the original American Girl store in Chicago. So a friend of my mom's had talked about going with her daughter and her daughter's friend. So a whole bunch of stuff came together. And actually, a bunch of women rented a bus with their daughters, and we drove to Chicago. And that was on my 14th birthday. And we went to the store, and I got one of those magazines with my picture on it. And we did the tea party, and it was really fun. And it was a great memory. My name is Rachel. I live in Baltimore. And my American Girl birthday story is I was in fifth grade, which this was um, so around maybe like 97. Um I had a friend whose grandmother owned a doll store, and it was a lot of, like, porcelain dolls, but she also had American Girl dolls. And she had her birthday party in the room above the doll store. Um, And so it was like a tea party, and everyone who was invited would bring their American Girl doll with them to the tea party. And at the time, I really, really wanted an American Girl doll. It was all I wanted, but our family just could not afford it. Um, it was just too expensive. And so I did the next best thing or worst next thing and brought a stuffed animal beaver um, that was very fat and just sort of look like a lump um and <laughs> so there's a photo i believe i i would love to track down where every single little girl at this party is like smiling holding their american girl doll with their teacup and i'm there with my big fat stuffed beaver <laughs> and it was kind of traumatizing i'm not gonna lie i did get an american girl doll i believe two years later um, but by that time, I felt bad because I kind of had started to lose a little bit of interest. Um, and I also got Kirsten, who I really didn't want. I really, my heart was set on Molly. I would have taken Addie very happily as well, but I got Kirsten for some reason. And yeah, so that was kind of my <laughs> American Girl doll uh, uh villain origin story, I guess you would say. Hi, my name is Allison. My American Girl birthday story is when I was 16. For my sweet 16, I picked to go to Disney Springs and then the American Girl store in Orlando um, with a few friends for a little day of shopping. Um When we got to the American Girl Cafe um, at the Orlando store, um, it turns out that my aunt and my grandparents had flown down uh, to surprise me. So that was just awesome. My aunt gave me an American Girl gift card, and then she made this scrapbook with different pictures of me throughout the years, like, you know, the various dolls that I had. Um, And that, that was probably one of the best gifts I've ever received. And so, of course, you know, I had to go use my gift card 
So I decided to buy Mary Ellen since she was in Florida too. Hello, my name is Jessica. I am 40 years old and my favorite American Girl doll was Molly McIntyre. I received her as a Christmas gift when I was about nine years old and every year for Christmas and birthdays, I would always ask my parents for the new outfit, whatever accessory was new. Um, you know the, the scene in the Christmas story where Ralphie would open up the magazine to the gun that he wanted and would lay it on his mother's bed. That's what I would do with the magazine, the American Girl magazine doll. I would open it up to what I wanted that year and I would place it on my mom's bed thinking that maybe a subliminal hint would give her the idea to get me the new Molly stuff. Thank you for listening to American Girl Women. For more AG Women content, follow us on IG at American Girl Women or send us your American Girl stories via AmericanGirlWomen at gmail.com. We might just read them on the pod. If you like this podcast, tell your friends and rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts.